Welcome to the Catch Up. I'm Eli Aruth. And I'm Jeff Kutnick. We are co-founders of Food Beast, and every week we bring you the hottest food news on hottest the podcast. Hottest food news. Sizzling news, hot. News. Uh, this week we got some good stuff. We got, we're talking waffles. Everything waffles. I, I'm pretty surprised we've been, I don't know what episode this is, like 20-something, and we haven't talked waffles yet. Not at all. Not a single I, I waffle know, thing. I don't even know if it's gotten a single mention. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, it's due time. We got some other stories this week, but um, let's let's run it, Bray. What's the music sound like? All right, but I, I'm gassed up this week. You should be because of the guy sitting with us, for sure. We got Costa Spyroo. Costa's back! Hey, hi, guys. Costa's our resident uh, food historian. But more importantly, he's the writer I like and dislike the most in The Office. I don't even understand what that means. I just don't. Sometimes I love you, Costa, because you're such you're such an enigmatic, you're such a, a beautiful soul, and you bring so much culture to The Office, and you have such a rich science background in food, and then I hate you for all the science that you bring to the room when you go too far. Does that make sense? Still not sure how to feel about that. Okay. Well, I'm... Actually, wasn't excited that Coast is here. <laughs> I'm more excited that I don't know what episode we're on, but this episode is sponsored. Yes, it is. Finally. This ketchup podcast is presented by. Oh, fuck, Braden. So <laughs> this ketchup podcast is presented by Pillsbury and the new Pillsbury stuffed waffle, the handheld on the go breakfast made with the savory maple waffle. Huh? Eggs, yep. Sausage mm. and cheese. Oh yeah. Pillsbury stuffed waffles are packed with 15 grams of protein, can only be found in the warming ovens at 7-Eleven stores across the country for 2.49. Waffles in a convenience store, man. Waffles in a yeah. convenience store. That's how full circle we've come. That's in a waffle crazy game. to have that level of convenience on the go meal in a waffle and Honestly, to me, that brings up like my hot take on waffles and why I'm so excited for this is I'm feeling waffles as one of the hottest foods of 2017. You heard the, it here first. The first five minutes of podcast, you're already going to have a sizzling hot take <laughs> here about we waffles. Go. Spicy. Here we Super go. Super spicy right now. Pray tell. Pray tell. Let's get, let's get going because I love waffles. Obviously, I'm, I'm kind of hard pressed to find someone who does not like waffles. But why do you think it's the hottest trend of 2017. We only have three months left in this year, Costa. Yeah, that is definitely true. So if you look at it right now across like all the different industries, everybody's looking to waffles as like, how do I make the next cool item? How do I make the next hot item? Mm -hmm. So you got 7-Eleven, you got Pillsbury, you got your breakfast stuffed waffle. Mm -hmm. You got Sweet Comforts, the Coachella favorite. Oh yeah, Sweet Comforts is actually a, a chain out here in Orange County, they do these waffle popsicles. Yeah. Um, and then they, yeah, they were a hit at Coachella. So like, all right, so. And that's the waffles. same entrepreneurial team that stemmed from the Afters group, right? Yeah, they have yeah. some people from Afters there. And basically, these noisemakers in Orange County tapped into waffles there. And we've, Orange County, I guess, Costa, all right, I'll co-sign you. There's a history of waffle-based chains that do really cool things. Yeah, if you think like Bruxy, there, there you go. Yeah, it's another local. They one. coined it really savory because they used the waffle as instead of bread for your sandwiches, they were using waffle. Yeah, which in the Southwest, Bruxy is like a big thing here. For those listening outside of the Southwest, it's a uh, now it's even a chicken and waffle chain right throughout mm -hmm. i don't know i'm mm -hmm. assuming up to 10 locations i know they're in mul multiple states but that's so we we're gonna know more about bruxy than i think the average person yeah, yeah yeah and then something else you see happening dessert world you've got uh what we call the hong kong egg waffle but it was more commonly known here in the u.s as the puffle Oh, uh, okay. is that the bubble waffle? That's the bubble waffle. So you're seeing places all over the country right now. Predominantly, it's ice cream going into those, but you can see a whole bunch of other stuff going it's, too. It's definitely like a night market thing. It feels very popular at like anyone, any part of the country where they're doing a night market. Mm -hmm. You see some sort of variation of a puffle, like a puffed cone. Definitely. But like it has like the waffle style grid with it, which also is pretty damn iconic oh yeah and speaking of like that waffle cone you also have 
chicken waffle cones, chicken and waffles and waffle cones coming together. That's another huge, huge uh, hot item out there on the market right now. Go back though. Okay, so 2017 is hot, but like, can you, what's the first waffle you ever had? Dang, first like, your waffle. Early memories. First waffle I ever had is probably like six, seven years old. So my past life, I was actually a swimmer, water polo player. Okay. Went out, traveled quite a bit, um, did some meets, things like that. And every time you go to a hotel, it's like the one thing you look forward to at like 5 a.m., 6 a.m. in the morning is getting that hot, steamy Belgian waffle out of the waffle maker, you know, making it yourself. It's always like the best thing to get your day started. I mm. feel like I always swam faster. <laughs> <laughs> if the hotels had the Belgian waffles, Wait, so I you, always swam Were you waking faster. up at 5 a.m. or 6 a.m. in the morning because that's when your meets or that's when your game started or practice started? That's just seems warm, really early. Warm-ups look like uh, 7, 8 a.m. So, you know, you had to get up and eat a little early ahead of time. And so part of, is part of that strategy... I'm going to eat a huge breakfast because I don't necessarily know when my next meal is and I have to get through the day of like huge physical activity. It's getting as much energy as in early as possible. So like that carbo load kind of thing. What a tough life. <laughs> oh, I got to wake up mad early and eat a bunch of waffles. <laughs> oh my goodness. Rayla, how about you? Uh, my earliest memory, I remember like frozen waffles. Like that was something I actually look forward to in the morning. But kind of like, I remember sitting at tables growing up, like in my house watching TV, and every morning was what way I could dress the waffles with syrup differently. So like some, some mornings I would just drench them. Some days I would just squirt a little bit of like Aunt Jemima's into every little crevice and try not to touch the outer walls of the waffle. And then sometimes I would uh, put syrup on one end of the waffle and like overload it and then lift it a little bit and let all the water or all the all the syrup drizzle over the walls like the cabins in the Titanic as it's going down like and I would just like every morning it was kind of a new experience and it was kind of a special treat like I was only allowed to have it kind of once or twice a week growing up um, and then once I became an adult I just did I'd make my own choices so I could just do whatever the hell I want. Because I have a different personal connection with waffles, so and I actually think this is one of the reasons that waffles can maintain its popularity is because uh, I don't know the the last time that you guys ever cleaned a waffle iron. Oh, but no, that sucks. That's that's the that's worst. rough. Yeah, it's rough. And to be honest, I cleaned one yesterday for part, for part of the shoot, and I was doing it thinking about this podcast, and that was also what I resonated as a kid when you would use a waffle maker is the glorious waffle and then the confusion I had with how to clean the waffle maker. Wait, is right? there a way to clean it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And this confusion I don't think is just me. And so when you can go out into the wild at a restaurant, at a dessert shop, at a breakfast place, at 7-Eleven, wherever, and you can just eat a waffle and you don't have to think about that cleanup. Yo, fire. I I'm think in. that's true, yeah. Yo, I think I'm in. Because I have a personal connection of you use a paper towel to try to get the crust out, but then the crevices are like too small for your fingers. And then you're like, oh, I should use soap and water, right? Because I use soap and water to wash everything in the existence. But this is an electrical appliance. And right? It's one big piece. It doesn't like it's, come yeah, apart. Yeah, it doesn't come mm -hmm. apart without, or at least, oh, yeah. you know, I'm no handyman, but it doesn't come apart at least without a screwdriver in my head. Right. And then, you know, you're looking at that coated electrical cord and you're like, do I siphon out some water and soap? and wash it away from the sink, you know, or do I put it in the sink? See, it's already too much, way it's, too I, much. Like, I gave too up. Much thinking, yeah. Just the mental process. Yeah, 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 just I'm imagine. at the local Waffle House immediately right now. Or Just I'm imagine how harder that is, because like that, you know, waffle hacks, tater tot waffles, pizza waffles, fast food waffles, just like cleaning those is even more painful than just yeah. a regular waffle. When you're trying to like make crazy concoctions inside of your waffle iron, which is like another hot thing nowadays to do. I think we throw away the waffles every time we use them because <laughs> they're so hard to clean. And yeah, I think they don't clean them at restaurants too. I'm pretty sure they just throw them away also. <laughs> or they just get like such an industrial waffle iron that they just, and they use it so much that they don't really have to think about cleaning. They just hit it with so much oil or Pam or whatever, and they just never have to clean it, which it just gets better with flavor over the years. 
So I watched a YouTube video because I was curious, right? For this podcast, I was like, I, there's got to be a way to clean this waffle iron that I just don't know of, right? So I'm watching this video and they put water into a hot waffle iron and essentially use itself to clean itself oh like dishwasher status so just like you know like the vitamix blender or whatever will Mm. be like wash it yourself just put soap and water and turn it on but for me i've never really had that experience where that worked total it works to a 90% degree and then but you still you, have to put your hand yeah, in there yeah, with, yeah. with the sponge and get the rest. If you use it for salsa, you still you still got that cilantro residue that's yeah. not coming out just because the blades whirled some water. <laughs> and then your strawberry milkshake also tastes like salsa <laughs> and yeah. everything you made the previous week. And so I'm watching this woman who had the she had the dual dual waffle. So you you know you flip it and then oh, you can yeah. do another one, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So she put hot water into the hot plate, closed it, then turned it sideways to allow it to drain, Mm. and then repeated on the second side. It just didn't look like, I'm sure that works, but one, there's so many different waffle makers, and two, it just didn't feel, it didn't feel solid. You didn't get the full clean. It didn't didn't feel solid to me. Uh, And so so uh, that confusion alone is why I think now, that's my theory on my positive subconscious. When I can just go get a waffle, I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm stoked. No, 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 no batter cleaning. None of that. I just get to eat. Yeah. Yeah. I love like other cultures takes on waffles too. Like one of my favorite pastimes is growing up, like on Sundays, we go to El Torito and they have like at the end, they have like a waffle and a churro bar. So it's almost like I'm curious how that like how waffle kind of made itself to to Mexican culture. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just the El Torito thing. But like with the with the whipped cream and like bananas foster on top. Dude, it's crazy. Like waffles like really like spread everywhere really fast. Like when they like first became a thing. So we're okay because I feel like you have this knowledge. I hope so because. you're our only hope for this podcast. <laughs> as food beast historian. As food beast historian. Yeah, dare I ask you, where did the waffle come from? I'll, actually, I can answer this because it's one of my own cultures that invented the waffle. Shout out to Greece. It's uh, Greece who's responsible for the waffle. I thought he was about to shout out to nerd culture. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think everyone who's listening to this podcast is probably thinking Belgium. That's what I was going right? to say. I, think every, I was going to say I was just, if I had to guess, I, I, that's where, I mean, that's You're saying waffle is Greek. I'm saying waffles are originally Greek. I'm going to take you back. <laughs> I'm going to take you back a bit. So waffles, yeah, Belgium is like a place where they're super popular and there's a reason why we associate with that. But touching back to Greece first, this is like ancient, ancient times. They had this um, basically an iron where they would like put it together. It was like two irons, mm-hmm. and they would just make like a water and flour mixture, like a batter, you know, very bland kind of thing, and just press it into that iron, and that was your first ever waffle. Back then, they didn't have the grid or anything like that. It was just like a circular hot iron. So it was oh, wow. more kind of like kind of like a pancake. Yeah, more kind of like a pancake, like okay. a very bland pancake. Okay, so no flavor. It's just the flour. Yeah, and so over time, it actually grew to be something that the Catholic Church. Uh, incorporated into their services. So they actually had these things called obelos. And what they did is they actually would like design the irons to be different events in like different religious events. Oh, so the presses would be different based on like whatever the event was, if it was Christmas or if it was the birth of whatever. Yeah, things like that. And then um, probably sometime around like the shoot, like early like 12th, I think. Let me. Doing a little fact checking right now. Do it, do it, do it. All right, let's take a look. So, originally, so okay, so that's so from ancient Greece, it got into Catholicism that way. Because I remember at the last Catholic mass I went to, there were actually like little wafers, but there was grooved. It was grooved. I never remembered hmm. it being grooved, and it actually had kind of a waffle look to yeah. it. But it was almost like a thin, like very Wait, thin. Yeah. So crisp. originally, like waffles were originally wafers. If you think about it. Oh, so that's the original format. So. That's the original format was that kind of wafer thing. And then it was originally for the church, but then the church was like, I decided to let anyone, you know, make their own designs and design their own, you know, batters and uh, irons and things like that. And that's when waffle culture really began to explode all across wherever Catholicism was. So 
Belgium, France, the Netherlands, you oh. name it. Everyone began making their own batters. Everyone began making their own designs. Mm. And sometime around the 15th century, um, over in Amsterdam, I believe. Yeah. So around that time, um, you had the grid. That was when the grid came in. It's the 15th century. So, so someone in Amsterdam, as they were pressing it, decided they were going to use a press with the grid on it. Yeah. For and one reason or another, we don't know. We really don't know. People have been speculating over time. It's like, you know, was it like the shape it allowed you to like cook a better waffle with like better surface area and things like that? It was also around this time that they first got the name waffle, uh, like with one F and things like that. Where, is that. where does that come from? From waffle, it's like basically it a spin mean? of wafer. Oh, okay. I can't argue that because I have nothing to back <laughs> it up. It just sounds like it makes a lot of sense. I have a hot take. I think the Catholic Church needs to bring f- soft, crispy, fluffy waffles. Oh man! <laughs> you go service. up for communion, you get a little bit of wine, a little a little waffle, maple syrup, strawberries. Say your prayer. One Hail Mary or two, and go back to the back of the line and go in again. Yeah, I mean, I just think from a recruitment standpoint, hot waffles at church. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. Oh, I'm learning so much right now. I would have never uh, connected Catholicism with, with waffles with at waffles. all. The wafer makes sense. I mean, Thank every, you, I, Jesus. Think, I think everyone, everyone knows wafers. Everyone that's familiar with Catholicism in any degree, I think, is aware of wafer usage i just didn't know necessarily that that was a transfer of uh, one food to the its next iteration so is catholicism like as as we started to get to the united states did it not how did the waffles make it here so that was actually so again waffles from the dutch from amsterdam and then it was them who actually brought the waffles over to the u.s and started doing things with the maple syrup and Things like that. So did that? Did the maple syrup and kind of like the sweet nature of it happen as it got more Americanized, or was that was it always kind of because so when the, the way Dutch, you're explaining it, it wasn't so very sweet. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't in very East. sweet, but people began to incorporate, you know, eggs, milk, cream, things like that. Once the Catholic Church let them make whatever recipes they wanted, mm. so you began having sweeter but not fully sweet waffles. So. Um, you would have like sugar or <laughs> things like that. in the back, just, just like, ooh, throw some sugar on that. Ooh, that communion line is so long. Oh, they're gonna love this. But yeah, actually, a lot of these uh, art, a lot of the artisans who made their own irons and stuff, they actually became street vendors. So waffle was originally a street food. It's you kind can of a have as like a snack food. or dessert. Yeah. Yeah. I know we got accustomed to it here in the state. Like growing up, you eat it with fork and knife and it's on a plate and the mm-hmm. whole nine, but it makes a lot more sense to just put it in your hands, which is cool to see the current iterations of it. Definitely. People making sandwiches of it. I've seen a few places at night markets where they just serve the waffle in a paper sleeve. And yeah. you just it's just a really thick waffle. Um, so it's cool. And then I guess like based on the news that we're piggybacking this all on with Pillsbury's product of it just be like let's stuff everything in there which mm-hmm. is perfect because like we still associate waffles as much as we eat them in the afternoon at nighttime. we still I still think breakfast yeah yeah. I still want like sausage I let it all get on there so I'm glad someone folded the waffle over it and pressed it off no. and gave me that magic so what's crazy is it wasn't until the US got waffles that waffles was breakfast it was always you know dessert or snack mm. up until the United States and it was really something that developed over time. So you, waffles were really kind of fringe in the U.S. probably until about the early 1900s. So people like Thomas Jefferson enjoyed them quite often. But other than that, it was really hard for the average American to have a waffle. Why? No waffle irons that they uh, could use. Got it. Got it. So like a restaurateur or someone or a homemaker, like they had to have had that ingrained in their culture. Yeah to be able to be making that at home until what? Until uh, General Electric invents the first waffle iron that you can use at home. Oh, GE coming through. GE came through. Okay, so they like saw that need, they made that. Mm -hmm. So now you had waffles and waffle batters and everyone's making waffles across the United States. Do we know how popular that, that initial set of waffle irons was? I think they sold out like almost immediately in their first release. What? Like, people really enjoyed them. Like, the popularity was growing. The problem with it was 
you could only get it at restaurants and vendors that had the irons because it just wasn't feasible to have a waffle iron in your home at that time. So they didn't. So I'm guessing, like, if GE made it, though, waffle irons were available at stores, like whatever was available. That's a Sears. It was best. <laughs> Nineteen eighteen. I don't know how old Sears is. Sears sounds old. I remember Sears when I was growing up. So like, it sounds it's at least uh, thirty years old. Yeah. But so it was GE who got it into stores. Before that, it was just something that you either made or brought over or something like that. Because to bring something to market like that, not only do you have to bring the the actual machine to make it, you have to. Mm -hmm. There's a learning curve. You have to like explain the culture of like, well, cool. What am I? I'm buying a machine to make one breakfast item. Yeah. In theory, and I'm guessing it wasn't cheap. Like if you're making a, a legit iron. It took um, definitely a long time because I think the first patent was probably 40 years, 30 to 40 years before GE uh, released theirs out into the public. So the first patent was 30 to 40 years before that. Patent on the iron. Patent on the waffle iron. So, I mean, at that time, is is there like these brands of, of that we're, we now associate with like the waffle and pancake mix? Like, Aunt Jemima. Aunt Jemima at the time. So they had that, that they came out and they kind of grew together? Yeah, I think the two grew with each other once that waffle iron came out. So as the waffle iron continued to spread over the next, you know, 100 years, mm -hmm. we America really fell in love with the waffle and began making it in all these different times. And that's when you began to see these much bigger, much fluffier waffles that people began eating, not just as like a snack or dessert, but as a meal. So now waffles for breakfast. Well, yeah, but it makes sense for American culture to grab waffles as a breakfast because look at what our breakfasts are. I mean, mm -hmm. we love sweets for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. More, I would say more than any industrialized nation on the planet, what we eat for breakfast it's not like other countries. It's not like other countries. No. No, it's other countries. definitely yeah, that's And so I would, I would also imagine that's part of the reason why Waffles continues to take off is because we just have this one. We've made it a staple of breakfast, right? And we'll talk. I'm sure we'll talk about this more within the history. But mm -hmm. just for one second, acknowledging, right, that I think part of the reason and main, it's become a mainstay is we love our sweets in the morning. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, like we're not eating, like as we travel Mexico, the Middle East, it, like we're not eating a lot of sweets for breakfast there. And like cereal isn't like a main component at a lot of other places, like, but we're trained and conditioned here to have like, like cereal I love my cereal for breakfast. Sugar and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my toaster strudel the whole nine, like I grew up on that. So it's, it's, funny to see it come full circle and now even with like so we're now learning how to eat the waffle almost in its original format and it's a yeah. new birth it's like a new light for us like oh crap like it's like a this is delicious yeah. did you know that you could eat it savory like yeah people have been eating it like that for years <laughs> this isn't new <laughs> um, yeah, exactly so continuing on with that waffle you know the waffle iron made it popular but it was really just one family of brothers from california that made the waffle so mainstream in the United States that it became such a major icon. That's oh. got to be the frozen waffle, right? Yeah. That is definitely the frozen waffle. Wait, Ego? Ego. Wait, wait, is, two is, brothers? is that a family name? It was, no, Ego's not a family name. Oh. So well, I wonder why they got the name Ego. I was hoping it was like two brothers like Mark and Cody Ego. Like, <laughs> no, nah, Ego was actually like their original business. So the first thing they sold before they sold waffles was mayonnaise. <laughs> Damn it, Costa, you know weird ass. <laughs> Thank okay. you for the hyper-relevant facts of the conversation, Costa. You always stick to the important ones. How did they go from mayo to waffles, Costa? So, as part of the Ego brand, they had a waffle mix. That was something else they had. So they had the mayonnaise, which is what, you know, where Ego began is called the Ego mayonnaise. And then they had the waffle batter. And then one of the brothers invented a machine that literally could make the waffles and then get them into a freezer almost immediately. And they could crank thousands and thousands of these out. Mm. And so they took their waffle batter, just made a whole bunch of these waffles, turned them and froze them and sold them to grocery stores. And that's the, which there's a ubiquity there. Like yeah, that's what, that's how, yeah. that's how like 
a lot of our generation, like this millennial, later millennial, even um, like what's the generation before us? Or before us. Yeah, baby boomers. Like Mm -hmm. I feel like baby boomers are all very hyper aware of the ego. Yeah, the ego has been around since like 1950s. So it's been like a huge part of our culture for the past 60 Plus years. Well, especially if when you when you look at the growth of consumer packaged good industry during the fifties and sixties and beyond, mm-hmm. and then the flight to the suburbs from metropolitans that created the the shopping center, yeah, and the grocery nah. stores, and, yeah. and the and the needs for certain types of items for those types of families. I mean, ego just right and in the center. The of demand all for that. convenience also. So instead of having to you know mix up a batter. And then put that in a waffle iron. Pop open that microwave, baby. Pop open a microwave. Toast it. I mean, you're good to go right after that. Yeah. No, I I love it. I love it. I mean, so that, but it's crazy because even outside of food, the idea of the waffle really permeated into like, like some of my favorite shoes have like waffle grid on the bottom, like of the sole. So did you know that the first shoe from the guys who created Nike was made in a waffle iron? It was made in a waffle it was made iron. In a waffle iron. They put the plastic and the rubber in the waffle well, iron. To so get why, their why would I know that? <laughs> <laughs> why, why I don't would know. I you know that. You got, you got your shoes. You like your culture. <laughs> <laughs> I like shoes. Maybe maybe, <laughs> but, maybe he was asking rhetorically. You know, it was very rhetorical. Was, That's why I hate the, you. It was for the audiences. <laughs> no. Oh my no. gosh. Okay, so Mr. Nike put. His first shoe, the first shoe he made, or the one that with the waffle grid? The one with the waffle grid. So it's like first waffle grid shoe design. It was literally just like the plastic or whatever is used to make the bottom of the shoe. He stuck it into a waffle iron no. and got that design. No. And, nah. That's how that shoe was invented <laughs> no. and how it became so popular. This kind of turned me off waffles a little bit. He put pla- <laughs> like whatever plastic, uh, crazy rubber mixture he had, and he put it in a waffle iron, flipped it around, and was like, "That's the grid I want." I mean, if you look at, I mean, mm-hmm. if you look at Vans, if you look at, you yeah, know, if you look at shoes, the waffle grid is definitely part of the contemporary soul structure, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. not just shoes; it's like so many different things now use the same waffle grid design. It's become very popular. If you look at mesh. Uh, for example, if you look at air vents, a whole bunch of other things. You say air vents were inspired by waffle grids, <laughs> Costa. Not by not by waffles themselves directly, but yeah. But like the culture that ensued around waffles, we have we we now have better ventilation in our house because of it. Stretch. <laughs> what? Yeah. I mean, take a look at uh, take a look at your microphone. Oh my God, Costa! The microphone <laughs> is not based on waffles. I mean. I don't know. I'm far. not. Yeah, take it's way too far, dog. Too far. You're offending people now. But what's, <laughs> so, so Costa, what's the what's the cultural or at least the American cultural affinity with Belgian waffles? So that one's interesting. So we knew waffles as more of like the ones that we had in America and have been there for a while. But in the World's Fair back in the '60s, uh, someone began selling what they called Belgian waffles. And it was this much airier, you had like a crispier texture to it, and it was kind of that liege waffle style that you have back in Belgium. So to, uh, the liege waffle is something that goes back to like the 1600s, mm. it's the one that gets caramelized with sugar, things oh, yeah. like that. I love that. I Wait, love so that. hold on, I don't get it. What's the difference between a standard waffle, that, and not, not Eggo? The standard waffle you get at a diner mm-hmm. versus a Belgian waffle—is it the, is it the airiness? Like, what's the? Because that's Belgian the, comes off doughy to me. Like, in a it, good, it, I like it. It is but. doughy and it is it's more airy. So if you think of it like an American waffle, it's a lot more crisp. Yeah, it's probably not as thick or tall. Mm. It's more of that shorter one. Mm. Whereas a Belgian waffle is often like this thick, it's doughy, but it's also got an airiness. So it's like that crispy on the inside, chewy on the inside contrast. What's your verdict on uh, Waffle House? I've never been. Oh, my goodness. I can't say. I know that it's a, a pop cultural icon. Oh, man. it's. Gr- I mean, when it's there, it's like... The most beautiful, grimy waffle you can get. 
and it's a diner has a glowing yellow sign like that just you you feel safe it's like you know, kind of how like denny's makes us feel safe when you like you just know it's open waffle house's majority are open 24 hours a day i don't know i just love waffle, waffle where'd you get house. it texas I mean, I've had it in Texas. I've had it in, uh, I think, South Carolina. Like, it's all over. And whenever I see it, I get it. It's like a fir- kind of a first stop off the off the airport because it's really affordable. It's cheap. And it's, it's one kind of those. Of, it's like one of the most iconic American breakfast chains out there. Like, how yeah. could you not? Yeah. And, yeah. and broadcast news, when there's, when there's been, with all the crazy weather we've been having recently, the barometer for how crazy a storm this is is checking if the waffle house is open oh that's a good point they, mm-hmm. they would there's yeah. literally like there were tons of broadcasters using if waffle house the 24 hour location is closed this is serious because yeah. they are always open yeah when we were yeah. in the storm in in uh austin a couple of weeks back i was using 7-eleven as that barometer because when the 7-Eleven is closed, obviously 7-Eleven never closes. So the only place in downtown Austin that was open when the storm was like rippling through was 7-Eleven. And like we were wow. treachering to get there. So it's funny that like, yeah, it's fun, like these iconic places that are the beacons of like, how bad is this storm? You know, like if that place is closed, the guy owning that 7-Eleven isn't trudging out to do it. Like it must be bad out there. Yeah. So like, Going back with like America's fascination with waffles and back into that Belgian waffle. So they had it at the World's Fair. It was more of that smaller one that you'd find, you know, in Belgium. So not as big as the ones that we see in like a lot of restaurants today that say Belgian waffle. That one is a very an like, Americanized version. An Americanized the, version. It of fills the, the plate waffle. exactly. Right? It, fills the plate it's piled high it's supposed to be fork and knife you have like whipped cream you have powdered sugar syrup whole bunch of fruit you know some restaurants they go all out and they put ice cream on top things like that where do you guys sit in the sweet and savory combination american breakfast because in general like just like in general right because there i think there's there's two sides of the spectrum there's people who eat their waffles and syrup and they separate it from mm. their sausage and eggs and whatever else they get. And then there's people who just dip their sausage into the sausage. Oh, I let them touch, I, baby. I let them touch. <laughs> they, I, I don't, ooh, I love it. For, I love me, it. for me, it depends on which breakfast items and I'm having. So for me, like if it's waffles with syrup and bacon, oh, hell yeah, I'm going all in with the bacon on the syrup. But if but, it's like, you know, sausage or scrambled eggs, Probably staying away from that, but bacon or ham even, oh, yeah, I'll put that syrup on. I love the eggs. I love, there's something, at first growing up, I was like, I, I would be the dude that would kind of separate things on the plate, make sure the waffle didn't touch the eggs, didn't touch the sausage. Over time, as they started to touch, and I got more lazy, <laughs> I was like, well, man, they're going to touch eventually, and sometimes the pool of syrup would carry my waffle, and it would like kind of glide into my eggs. And then I would just eat them together. And then there's something about the saltiness of eggs, the saltiness of sausage and bacon that just came together with the waffle. I started stacking it. I'd put like my waffle down. I put the layer of eggs. I put bacon <laughs> on top of the waffle, hit it with the maple syrup. And then basically I'd be having a sandwich, which is low key like this Pillsbury stuff. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> like, it's the Pillsbury they just, waffle. They just been like in my head. <laughs> They've been in my head and I'm a little sad they didn't hit me with the royalties on this idea. Eli, like, did you I've been dreaming the about this waffle. for a minute. So like, I don't know, like where do you fall? Well, because I've never had a breakfast waffle sandwich. So I just, I'm, I'm a, I, I segment You're kind of a purist, huh? Right. I, so well, let me ask you this, Jeff. Have you ever had a McGriddle? No. No, I haven't. Oh, I the griddle's fire too. I just <laughs> and, I, and I'm not opposed to it, but I'm such a traditionalist in, for myself in, in regards to when I get whatever I eat for breakfast, even if the thing like eggs and potatoes, right, that isn't sweet and savory. I tend to attack one, finish it. So Jeff loved the platter at McDonald's. He's the yeah, dude ordering the platter as like a four-year-old. Like, <laughs> you you, know, one at you a want time. a McGriddle? <laughs> Papa Cutnick's like, you want a McGriddle, son? And then Jeff's like, I'll take the platter where everything's separate. I'll take the pancakes separate from the eggs, separate from the sausage. Milk, but if you milk think about it, yeah. But now like so many restaurants and a lot of these trends of waffles build on being both sweet and savory. 
they prey on you not wanting to make a decision. So they <laughs> they'll just like get both. Like, uh, for example, chicken and waffles. Mm. Chicken and waffles got to be the iconic example. Of yeah. Sweet and savory. No. Like I can't even I can't even think of a more iconic example. Of At least sweet here in America, for mm-hmm. in the U.S. Like, yeah, for us getting those together, yeah. permeating culture as much as it has. Mm. And I mean, we we talked about this on the podcast earlier. How about just how fried chicken? is also just still a thing. There's nothing new about fried chicken, but for some reason just continues to permeate. Why do they become home? such best buds? Fried chicken and waffles. Like, I like to... They I like seem to, like homies. Like, they're just so... <laughs> think about it. Like, you have, like, Roscoe's Chicken and Waffle, right? Yeah. Like, it, for, for a time, it just lived at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Like, they were kind of the beacon of of sweet and savory. No one was really doing it on their level. And then there was a switch. I feel like five, six years ago, there was a switch where people were like, damn, that's super cool that fried chicken and waffles are together. Everyone starts doing it. Everyone. Then you have like these breakfast chains start doing it. And then now, now it's like permeated. Now they have waffle cones where they put the fried chicken that we talked about earlier. And you have like the waffle fried chicken sandwiches and yeah. all these other things. Yeah, yeah, and they've just become like such best friends. Who would have thought that these two, sometimes um, the waffle isn't necessarily fried, but a waffle is a hearty, uh, carb heavy, like delicious thing. And then you pair it with another like meaty, carby uh, protein in fried chicken. It's just surprising that it works so well together. But should we be surprised, I guess? I don't know. I'm surprised, and it's still, like, a cool thing to this day. No, I Honestly, having eaten chicken and waffles, like, way too many times as is. <laughs> today? <laughs> to me, today, today, alone, <laughs> today alone, yes. But, no, like, I don't really... I'm not, like, surprised that that combination goes so well. I mean, sweet and salty is kind of that thing. Like, we love, we love sugar. We love salt. You had both of those in a food at the same time and you're getting that contrast play you know you're just getting all of this good feeling going straight to your brain so i'm gonna mess with you guys again because i don't eat my chicken and waffles together so you don't like okay but you so eat it separate. have you been to roscoe's I, i've been to waffles a bunch of times i like ordering chicken and waffles what i like about it this guy eats it, the chicken first hold on hold on hold on i like eating chicken and then in the next bite, I like eating waffles because I just like I like that. I like going from one place to another. I also, as earlier mentioned, will segment. About what happens in your mouth when you do that, though? Like, do you get that salty sweet or is it just salt then sweet? Yeah, but it's more nuanced. So it's not just like clubbing you over the face with I'm, I'm fried chicken and I'm syrup and waffle at the same time. It's like I've got remnants of fried chicken taste. And that's perfect for the snack bite of waffle as I transition back to chicken, as I transition back to waffle. I'm just saying there's another perspective out there that enjoys it just as much as you guys, but I do not combine it, or at least for the majority of my meal, do not combine it. Well, because it's hard, to be mm-hmm. honest, because at Roscoe's, it's, it's bone-in chicken. It's not like they're putting nuggets on your thing. So now that I think about it, I, there's very seldom do you get both in the bite. You, because you, you're not eating the chicken with the fork and knife necessarily. Even oh, though sure. it gets so, like you pick up the chicken, you get it, and you do that until you start getting grimy. And at Roscoe's, you take the the waffle and start treating it as bread, and you rip <laughs> the chicken off, and then you're dunking around. And if you really know what's going on at Roscoe's, they have that delicious like pearl onion gravy that you put on everything, mm-hmm. and that's like the connective tissue with the whole dish. So you have gravy. You have maple syrup, you have waffles, you have fried chicken, and then you wobble out of that place and go take like. <laughs> well, did, did Roscoe, because I remember Roscoe's having a full menu, like it being more of a diner setting, and then they're famous for chicken and waffles, right? Yeah, I think what's, what's crazy about these new, newer concepts, right, within the past three to five years, mm-hmm. we named Bruxy as one of them, is that, I mean, their whole concept is now the pairing of chicken and waffles. In Bruxy? Yeah. In Bruxy. Yeah. And like, so it's not only like we're a diner and we serve this item. Kitschy, like, it's not kitschy anymore. Yeah, it, no. we, we are based. Mm. We are 
building an establishment mm. that is the connective tissue of fried chicken and waffles and using waffles as a vessel that's not your traditional waffle vessel. I mm -hmm. mean, everything you can get at some of these concepts are mostly, what, sandwich-based? Yeah. yeah. More I than think, anything? I think, you know, the combo of fried chicken and waffles gaining so much popularity here in recent years, or I should say more popularity in recent years, it's kind of why, why you're seeing all of these new waffle concepts spring up now. It's because waffles have really become their own popular thing. It's people are looking for these awesome, crazy new combinations of waffles. So, you know, continuing the evolution of chicken and waffles with Roscoe's and Bruxy and things like that, but also looking at other ways. So the liege waffle coming back in a place like Waffles and Dingus, which is probably New York's most popular waffle chain as of right now. So have any of you guys been to Waffles and Dingus in New York? I no, I haven't been there. But to your point, I mean, so I think this is where I'm going to come back at you, Costa, because you started off this podcast and said it was the hottest trend of 2017. Mm -hmm. I think it's trendy, and I think people are finding great uses for waffles. But I don't think it's hit, like, the commoditized level yet. We're like, I think we're starting to see people use waffle as bread, but, like, do you think it's hit like as a commodity almost? Like, are people using waffles instead of Wonder Bread? Are they using waffles instead of your fate, whatever? Well, I think we're sure. gonna see. I think we're gonna see with this item that's now in convenience stores across the country. I think with America. the Pills, the Pillsbury waffle, I think is a great example that shows that yeah, you do have that commoditization. Because everything else in that Seven Eleven tray is some level of commodity. Mm -hmm. It's something that we're very familiar with. Has gone through the process. It's. Uh, chicken dog. wings, pizza, hot dogs. And right? now you have waffles. And now you have waffles in the tray. And I think that is a big, like, sorry, Bray. <laughs> Slapping the table. I'm so excited about these waffles. Um, but yeah, I think just being in that tray, being at 7 Eleven, that's, that's the biggest support no, you have it's the biggest, to, to what no. you started this conversation off with and i could probably leave it at that i think we did a good I job i just don't think it's story. 2017 i don't think 2017's trend because it because it, it discounts the great the crazy things that happened to waffles in 2016 that laid yeah. the groundwork for this year and it's potentially at the beginning i mean because because chains like bruxy um and whoever you mentioned in new york that's gaining traction um i don't think we've seen the the breadth of what people can do with waffles, I think we're just now learning that you can eat it in these other ways. And, you know, I think it's been around for a few years. It wasn't just Pillsbury and other people. So you, if you talk about Taco Bell and what they did with yeah. waffles and breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nah. So I think it's something that's definitely growing. And I think as we put waffles into more and more items, like you see these waffle hot dogs that take off with videos on the internet mm. and all these other things, I think waffles are really coming into their own. Mm -hmm. In 2017, you're getting that full circle evolution. And I stand by and claim that they're definitely a hot food for 2017. There's been a lot of innovation around waffles in the a, past year. Costa, I have a counter-argument. Because I actually think it's not a 2017 specific trend at all i think it's kind of remarkable about how the longevity of a sweet item in contemporary culture i'm not going back to the 50s i'm talking about from 2000 to 2017 yeah how long it's been able to be an active part of pop culture when you see other items that maybe hyped breakfast items or hyped dessert items for sure that have like a three, four year shelf life. Yeah. And so to me, the waffle, especially with our discussions and when we bring up Roscoe's and we bring up Bruxy locally, which is still like an eight year old chain here. And when we talk about a lot of the stuff that's happened at Coachella, like that's not just just this year. The stuff yeah. at Coachella is this year. Yeah. And some of those newer concepts and that have been covered all over the internet are this year, so it's still happening. But I think we, even though we haven't had the conversation on this podcast yet, I think waffles have been in our minds and in conversations for, for a good while. Yeah. I can agree with that. When you say trend, I'm thinking unicorn trend. I'm thinking colors, which comes and goes, and it's fleeting. Well, and to compare but. something sweet that I think is a trend right now would be churro. And so I think that's something where... In my opinion, Waffle has proven, well, we'll see, but I think Waffle will prove that it'll have more staying power and that as much as there's all this attention to churros for whatever reason right now, 
do I think that's going to lead to appli- home appliances yeah, that people no. are going to mm-hmm. make their own churros? Like, probably not. Yeah, like, shout and out so, to churros. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> but I think that's this... That's that phenomena, right? It became a staple of a breakfast food. It's made this pivot into savory, which we'll see how far it takes it. And in the meantime, it's also still crushing dessert game. No. So that, so that to me is just like, name name another food, name another food type that goes across from breakfast to dessert. That's the thing. I, I think that's where I gotta uh, align with you, Jeff. On like churro is a trend here in America. Right, right now we're starting to really learn about the culture of churros, really starting to enjoy it. But it is heavy dessert. Like outside of a few fringe ideas of people doing it in a savory format, churro is a dessert. Mm-hmm. Like there's cinnamon sugar on it, and that's like one of the marks of the churro. Uh, so it, it, people aren't today going to make a churro sandwich that's not a dessert, that's not featuring ice cream. So I think waffles deserve. A bit more respect in terms of the uh, again going back to more commoditization than a churro will have um, so one thing I think to mention though I think with waffles you know becoming new and becoming a hot thing for 2017 may not be like the flavor combinations of waffles like the sweet waffle or the savory waffle or these other things but the portableization of waffles. Mm. See, that's better, bro. That's that's so much On the better. Go Stronger take. Coming so, back, coming yeah. back to what waffles used to be as street food. So now you have all of these, you know, vendors that have this on-the-go version of the waffle. You see it with Pillsbury with yeah. their waffle, waffles and Danish, which is this on-the-go liege waffle concept see, out I think of New that's York. That's the trend, and you, you hit have it right Bruxy, on the head. So I think it's portable waffles. Mm. I think you, you got to go a little deeper, not yeah. just waffles, but let's. Stand yeah. with this. Can we Because you'll agree? get dragged on the internet if you call waffles no. a trend in 2017. <laughs> Can we call portable waffles a trend in 2017? I think so. I think so. there you go. And that's that's on the mark. That That's really in line with like the Pillsbury item that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because they really wrapped up, pun intended, I guess, of this trend of like <laughs> breakfast and waffles is a trend. Oh, and man. we're it's, – it's portable now. And that's, yeah. that's where we're seeing the innovation is in the portability. The idea of waffles on a plate – is been years in this country like we're not that we can't call that a trend yeah. uh, so i think we can stand behind the portable waffle of 2017 is the full circle evolution and the hot new trend when it comes to waffles stop waffling costa i heard there's some other news this week we got some other news we got some other news, we got some other news. Uh, oh man. Okay, well let's start with um Pepper X. So we got a shipment of this new bottle of it was from this show, The Hot Ones. It's like one of my favorite shows on the internet. Sean right Evans. Now. Sean Evans, first Shout week beast complex. Beast. They have this uh, really cool show where they eat wings, spicy wings with celebrities and they have an interview. All that aside, they debuted there's been talks of this this secret pepper X that's mm-hmm. hotter than the Carolina Reaper. The same dude who invented the Carolina Reaper invented something called the pepper x spicy oh and they debuted it with this bottle the last dab i gotta be honest with you though it's supposed to be what three million scoville so the pepper is three scoville uh three million scoville the sauce is supposed to be over two yo it didn't taste like much to me yeah we so we actually got a bottle in (laughs) here and it tastes you know to be honest i'm with you on that it is definitely not the hottest hot sauce I've ever tried. If you're using the hottest pepper in the world, it better be the hottest hot sauce in the world. But here's the thing. I actually like the fact that it's not the hottest hot sauce in the world or not extremely hot because it tastes really freaking good. Yes, it tastes really good. (laughs) And it leaves you with like a good numb feel. Like I'm still sweating after I have some of that hot sauce. Like last week, I probably put like a good tablespoon of it into like a teriyaki bowl and it was just amazing i was sweating bullets but yeah just so you know we actually tried this go over to our facebook page after this uh podcast facebook.com backslash food beast and just search pepper x food beast we all tried it on a live stream me uh costa were you there i wasn't there for the live stream but i tried it the next day cool uh, <laughs> uh, Reach was there, our managing editor, and Rudy, our local, like he loves our resident uh, foodie who loves hot sauce. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I didn't. And I've tried some. I've tried like the Dorito, um, that the or not Dorito. It's like a ghost pepper chip. Oh yeah, I the that was one way chip hotter. challenge. 
It was way hotter. And so again, I, I'm very appreciative of a hot sauce with flavor. Don't get me wrong. I would rather and prefer that as a sessionable hot sauce. But you're coming from the hot ones, the show, you're coming with Pepper X, utilizing and advertising the hottest pepper in the world. I wanna cry. I want I want my jaw to lock up. And I was I had a lot of it and none of that happened. Here's here's another perspective, and I haven't tried the sauce because I'm not a spice guy, and, and I'm reach mostly, took it home. and I'm mostly afraid, <laughs> and I'm mostly afraid, I, because once someone says this is the hottest pepper in the world and this is the hot sauce, I don't want any part of it. I just don't. I know what it will do to me. I know if you look at former Food Beast videos, you can see how much. <laughs> Uh, perspiration can come out of a single see, individual. And I feel like the last app was made more for someone like you because of and that. And that's where now, since I'm having this conversation, we'll, I'm excited to try it. So if yeah. they're, if they wanted to get the hype value of the hottest pepper, but then scale it back to be something that was palatable for majority of people and AKA for e-commerce sales, <laughs> then I understand that. And now I'm going to try it. But I, but I do agree with you, Eli. My same reaction would be if you're boasting a hot sauce with the the newly established hot pe hottest pepper in the world, I would imagine it to be the hottest sauce in it's the world. It's world record breaking for 3.18 million Scoville heat units. The Carolina Reaper, for example, uh, in, in, in respect, is 1.4 to 2.2 million Scovilles, I'm guessing, based this on the This was a 3.8? 3.18 8. million Scovilles. They made 1,000 bottles of this hot sauce. It sold out in two minutes. And Under the impression that people were thinking this is the hottest <laughs> sauce it would ever be. Uh, well, see, that's that's different, right? Because I feel like if you're making limited batch and you're call <laughs> calling it the hottest pepper... I think one of the things that you know people are even more excited for though is when seeds may be available. So the guy who created this, uh, Ed Curry, he made seeds available when he did the reboot. What's his last name? Curry. <laughs> Yo! No way! That's, that's no! Is that a stage name? No, like this is his actual last name. His okay. name's Smokin' Ed Curry. Smoking Ed Curry. Okay, what, so what so about this guy? So he made the seeds available for the reaper, so everyone's expecting that when he's able to grow and scale Pepper X to the same level, that we're going to be able to get seeds and grow our own and make our own sauces and things like that. And when that happens, watch out because it's going to really bring some fire. Yeah, I'm curious to see other people's iteration of their, like using this Pepper X in other sauces, maybe something a little less commercially available make i want something that says like i'm gonna kill you hot sauce like I, that's i want to try it for what it is because having like carolina reaper and like almost feeling like i was gonna die and trying something that's supposed to be millions of scovilles more and then going on about my day like totally normal i was just a little disappointed from a hater aspect i was a little disappointed for me i liked it so i like a hot for me as like a chili head and a hot sauce guy i get that you want like as much heat and you love that level of pain sometimes. Mm -hmm. But also at the same time, you also want to appreciate the flavor of a hot sauce. And the last dab is actually one of the most flavorful hot sauces that I've had out there. And that's saying something. A lot of these hot sauces, it's just really hot chilies and vinegar, and that's it. This one actually had a ton of flavor in it. And yeah, it toned down the spice, but to me, it made all the difference. Why don't you just marry it, Costa? Okay. <laughs> yeah, go work for Complex. Uh, uh, well, I mean, the last story we have, uh, I'm like, I don't know if I'm surprised, but you shouldn't uh, be. have you heard about, you saw this video, right, Jeff? It's a 10-pound donut. I heard it has a punny name. Oh, it does, actually. It does. It does. I, was, I rolled my eyes if you guys didn't see this, but I rolled my eyes. It actually <laughs> does. So there's a package at this hotel in Palm Desert, mm -hmm. uh, pa Palm Desert, Palm Springs area of JW Marriott, where they deliver a 10-pound donut to your hotel room. It's called the Donut Disturb Package. <laughs> so for something like 200-some <laughs> yeah. bucks, you get a hotel room. They uh, shuttle up a 10-pound donut to your hotel room. Oh, that package of 200-something dollars included the hotel it room? It includes the hotel oh, room. Oh, I did not know that. No, it doesn't include the hotel so. room. I not think so. Come on now. It's the I, donut. I no, but so. it does include... The delivery. It includes that. <laughs> it includes like $50 of... 
free coupons to like either a restaurant, spa, golf activities, or whatever. Yeah, it's a two hundred. It's a two hundred dollar donut. Let's it's just, definitely. No. I mean, you're getting two hundred dollars worth of donut, which is why <laughs> I thought it was such a good value. It's still a good value even at the two hundred dollar donut. Uh, shout out to that ten pound donut. <laughs> if if you have twenty people. I think yeah. you, I think you need a you certain need, level of people. You need a squad. Like we had, shoot, like six, eight people there, and we barely took barely out. Barely dusted it. We yeah. barely took out a fourth of it. Costa, don't tell people that, bro. We <laughs> ate the whole thing. Whole thing by <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> food beast. This is our douchey part. Oh, actually, just yell food beast. <laughs> actually, Eli just ate the whole thing in the bathtub. I ate the whole thing in the bathtub. Pictures proof. I've seen it. I've seen Why it. Why were people so confused that I was went? Go, guys, go watch this video because I'm surprised it hit. Uh, it's like like 9 million views on Facebook. <laughs> and the one part of it, it's a 10 pound donut and every the question everyone's asking in the comments is, why is homeboy wearing a robe in the bathtub? Like, is it that weird? It's weird. Uh, yeah. You're in a hotel room ordering a 10 pound donut. You can do whatever you want. Here's what, here's what I, I wasn't there, right? So I, the, the squad's in Palm Desert at JW. I'm not there. I come back to work the next week and I see these photos of Eli and Mark who directs our video department in the bathtub with a robe with this donut. In my head, this is what happened. It'd be sick if we got a, a donut in the bathtub and then they're just like, but Jeff won't allow nudie pictures on the site. So I'm gonna put this robe on and then we can still get our bathtub picture, but it's also completely safe for work. That's what I imagined and I appreciate that if that is what- That's not thought. what was going on. Like, if I thought a nudie picture of me would have done well, I would have put up a nudie picture i just know no one wants to see that they would rather just see a dude clothed like you know how gross it is to just see a grown man in a bathtub no yeah. one wants to see that yeah, which i wore is, the robe which, it's for everyone out there yeah which is why i'm surprised that that was a photo at all of like i have to hold this donut in the bathtub was like that's the creative direction we gotta do it but we can't do it like a normal person enters a bathtub so let's grab a robe and let's do it like that and then of course that's like the prominent i think that's the ending uh scene of that video that was right? like on yeah. every news station last week <laughs> was that was. photo i got so many emails like can we use the photo of you in a bathtub <laughs> some weird person also physically mailed a printed copy of your article. Costa wrote the article on this piece. I have no idea who sent it, but it was a, just a printout of the article with like highlights in it. And it was, I, I couldn't tell if that was like, Grammar. Either my first ever piece of fan mail or like someone's gonna kill me. I have no idea. Or they're highlighting grammar. I don't or, know. Wait, was it, was it addressed to you? It was addressed to me. Ooh, oh, that's, that's weird. weird. That's weird. I but it came to the office. It wasn't like someone got my home. No, address. no, no, no. Nothing. No, just highlight. Just, just the it's printed. a code. Oh, it's a code, man. Give it, give it to <laughs> Chief Nerd Costa. <laughs> I'm afraid to crack the code. Maybe I. Sh Maybe you should for your own safety, yeah. though. I want to see this though. Okay, I'll find it. I'll find hey it. Hey guys, tune in next week for catch for the we'll catch up podcast, and we'll find out what this random person's enigma code that sent Eli because oh, of his yeah. bathrobe in a bathtub. So, <laughs> so weird. I I mean, it was a great photo. Anyways, I, one if you guys my, have fun though. Go go to the go to this JW Marriott. Try it because what's the sickest part is they give you this like flight of milkshakes. With it, so you oh, get you get like a white, uh, you get like a regular milk. You get, I was gonna say white milk. You get, <laughs> you get regular milk. You get chocolate milk, and you get a strawberry milk, and it's like a flight of it. So you really kind of enjoy and do a little taste. Milkshakes or flavored milk? So they say milkshake, but it was flavored milk to me. I mean, it wasn't like the thickness. It was an ice cream. It wasn't, it wasn't like no. thick or cold. But come on, J W. Come on, J Dub. If you're gonna say <laughs> if you're gonna say milkshake. Come to, on, Desert my Springs. Boy, put some ice cream in it. Blend it up. <laughs> I'm paying two hundred and twenty some odd dollars for a donut. Put a little more dairy in my milkshake. <laughs> Come on. Yo, I mean, they didn't pay us to write this, but that hotel is dope. <laughs> that hotel's sick. I mean, it's you're in Palm yeah. Springs. You, you're if you grab a hotel room on the top floor, you can get a picture of a ten pound donut in your bathrobe with like green and a pool behind you. I mean. It's Instagram clickbait at its max. So, and I heard again. I wasn't there, but I heard Chris. Chris said, "Who's our lead developer?" Mm. He mentioned that it was an effing tasty donut. It was really good. Yeah, it was real good. Imagine was really like, good. man, like taste wise, 
so there was like a it was like a raspberry jelly like that line party inside and stuff yeah. too and like it just tasted like one of the best wedding cakes almost like that was kind of how i would describe yeah. it yeah yeah i, co- I co-signed that 10 pound donut big time mm-hmm. so those are the big stories <laughs> from this week big waffle story. trends waffle trends, pepper x pepper x and big donuts read all about them costa how many articles of those three you got two one so pepper x we've got a few probably like two or three pieces all together on pepper x the hot sauce things like that we got an article on the donut for sure we have an article coming for the waffles uh keep an eye out on that probably going to talk about it more in future food trend pieces so stay mm-hmm. tuned for those mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, the video for this pillsbury item that's available at 7-eleven pretty fire video mm-hmm. shout out to mark um shout out to brayden and peter this looks really dope um yeah check that out that's on our facebook it's on our instagram tag a friend and that speaking of which make sure you're following us at food beast costa is at, at out here flourishing out here i hate you so much <laughs> please follow <laughs> at out here flourishing <laughs> when you say it clear like that right i, no. I'm, I tell you you're gonna get double out. amount of followers this week compared to the last time you were on the podcast because look at that articulation costa mm. it's important there we go so if i get two followers i'm set there you go there you go and jeff follow at food beast follow at jeffrey cutnick instagram twitter let us know what you want to hear on the podcast and also let us know who you want to see and hear on the podcast because we would love to bring new guests and new perspectives pretty much at all times big thanks again to our sponsor pillsbury and the new pillsbury stuffed waffle now available at 7-eleven stores across the country for 249 Yep. Subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. Mm. Mm. That's a good outro, Jeff. I've Here been working go. on it. I've been working on it. <laughs> Man, but on brand, we got to have terrible outros. <laughs> so, <laughs> so let's just look at each other. Well, I already wrote it for you, so we're good. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> Bye. Su- success. <laughs>